Welcome to the Refined Podcast with Amber Anderson, where wedding planners like you come to be encouraged and challenged through radical honesty, tough love, and brilliant ideas. As a former personal trainer turned wedding planner and now educator, Amber is known for helping wedding planners grow through her no BS yet considerate and thoughtful approach. The Refined Podcast tackles the issues you think about but fear bringing up, all with Amber's trademark sass and wit. So as you listen, be sure to hit that subscribe button, making sure you never miss that one little nugget that could change it all for you. Now, for those of you that don't know my friend Brayden, this is Brayden, Brayden Drake. Hello. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here as always to chat with you and your yeah. people. Yeah, you're a second time guest for not having, for this not being a guest show. You're a two timer. I love it. <laughs> That's my goal. I think I'm like uh, most frequent guest on like four or five different podcasts now. So maybe we'll make that our new year's goal to see okay. how many we podcasts we can conquer. Yeah. So Brayden recently uh, sponsored our Wedding and Babe Mixer and Conference Confident. And so thank you so much for that. We really appreciate your support in that way, Renee and I both do, and the attendees as a whole. So Brayden, for those of you that are not familiar, though, I would imagine within my audience you are. So hopefully we bring some new faces to your um, community, Brayden, though. Um, Brayden is a lawyer and focuses on tax law, um, business legality, like all the setups and all of that for creatives as a whole. So not just wedding pros, but We've definitely looped him in into the wedding scene. So here we are. Brayden, would you love to tell us a little bit more about yourself in sunny San Diego? Sure. So I moved from Indiana to San Diego almost 10 years ago for law school. And then I got a master's degree in tax law. So I commonly get mistaken for a CPA. I'm not a CPA. I'm a tax attorney. But now in my business, I've hired bookkeepers uh, that work for me as employees. I'll be hiring a tax preparer soon. And I subcontract with the CPA. So we're actually moving to kind of like an all-inclusive business model where we uh, kind of do all these things for creatives in general. Uh, wedding industry is definitely my biggest segment of my audience, but we also work with a lot of interior designers, graphic designers, business coaches, consultants, and other creative type folks. Yeah. Um, well, we're glad to have you in this industry. I know that this is a topic that but this is an angle of business that is overwhelming to a lot of us, especially creatives, because our brains just don't think this way. We think about, you know, pretty things and whatnot. But when it comes to math, especially for me, two plus two is five. I always say that. So when it comes to managing and setting my books, it takes an extra amount of effort and, you know, a responsibility. And I have to I have to really be focused on that to do it. But it's really important. It's not something we can neglect. And I think a lot of us look at our business from the angle of um, vanity metrics, wherein we're like, oh yeah, I've got great numbers. Things are good and profitable. And um, I can afford this or this budget that. And it's all based off of the feeling versus the wow. actual numbers. So, um, and I've, I've fallen into that trap too before, but because I have, I know the importance of not doing that, not falling into that trip. It's fine to have like estimates and roundabouts, but definitely got to back it up with a spreadsheet. Exactly. Um, yeah. So Brayden, before we hit record on this, we were kind of talking about some, some information we could bring to the group or things that we could just 
toss back and forth and chat on. So I think in format for today, those that are listening, I think it's just gonna be a casual conversation on a few little topics. No real structure or like outline here, but that's what I like about Brayden. So we can do that. So <laughs> I like it too, because, and you're probably similar when I do solo shows, I can't just like free talk. I have to have an outline and oh, it has sure. to be like, this is the bullet pointed thing that we're talking about. So it is nice when we do interviews just to make it more casual, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, and, but I don't know that any of these questions necessarily build on each other, go together. It's just kind of round robin of random topics and I love it. So, uh -huh. okay. One thing that you mentioned, um, was, I don't know, I love this. You were talking about how people have this mindset of false or, a a, a irresponsible mindset of getting their taxes down to zero or like writing everything off. Uh-huh. Talk to us about that and your philosophies. Oh God. Okay. Where do I even start? So I've been, I I've been preparing for this free training that we're doing next week. And we're going to tell all your people about that, like later on. So we'll, right. we'll do that. And in doing this, I'm consuming like more TikTok advice than than normal and Instagram and Facebook and everything else. And you all know what I'm talking about. We, we see it all over the place. I think most people have a pretty good like BS detector when it comes to this stuff, but some people are really compelling with their advice. Right. And You'll see people out there that do webinars on like how to pay zero dollars in tax. And I call BS on that all the time because ultimately in a business, like you're going to owe taxes on your profit. So the only way to not pay taxes is to have no profit, which means you're spending all of your money. And if you're like most of us, like we have shit to pay for outside of our business, right? We have student mm -hmm. loans and we have houses and apartments and cars and maybe even children. I don't have that, but many of you do they're expensive. So I hear, um, so you, you have to have money. Yeah. Um, a lot of those topics are more, they really come down to more advanced strategy, like buy investment properties because they're basically tax shelters and do this and do that. And that's great if you're financially there. Um, or if you're one of those people who wants to live like as frugally as possible so they can channel all your money into that. That's great. If you're one of those people go find one of those educators. That's not me though. Um, I think most of those advice, most of those pieces of advice are for people who already are like doing pretty well, have a lot of money and want to get super creative and, and yeah. maybe, maybe too creative legally, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Little gray areas. Well, I think too, when you write everything off like that, you struggle with, I mean, for experience share, I have never written everything off. But, you know, you can, you can get it down to where I just remember when we bought our first house together as a couple, John and I, I didn't show enough income to be part of the paperwork or however it was. I don't remember how old it was. Yeah. And we ended up, we ended up having, and John's a business owner as well. So we found ourselves in this pickle and his parents ended up having a co-sign co for us as like 33 something year old adults pregnant with a child. And it was just, it was just so weird. And we refinanced it right away as we could, but it's like, we have this income, <laughs> we can do it, but it just like, wasn't showing the right way on paper. And so those things can backfire too. And, and we just have to be mindful of that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, that's super common. And it's um, funny. Some of your audience may be familiar with my new drag business. Some of them may not, but I started doing similar services for drag queens, which has been really fun. And for them, it's been a big, even bigger issue because a lot of them operate like in cash only and they don't deposit their money. And so they have no record of income. 
and it's real wild. And I talked to one of them who's trying to go buy a house. And so I was like, well, what did you show as profit on your tax return last year? $20,000 is, is what she showed as profit. But she's like, but really, I made like $100,000. And I was like, okay, you have fun going and telling your mortgage lender. Yeah. My tax return shows that I only made $20,000, but I really made $100,000. Please give me a large and substantial loan. They're going to tell you, hell no, right? So oftentimes, we do shoot ourselves in the foot. And look, like, realistically speaking, like you need to report all of your income. You need to report the things that are actually deductible. Like there's not a whole lot of wiggle room there, really. Where there is yeah. wiggle room though, is you might say, I want to buy a house next year. So I'm going to run my business super lean this year so that I can have a high profit so that I can get approved for a better loan. And that's the way that we ideally should think about it. Or yeah. if you want to join that $10,000 mastermind, like don't join in December, join it in January so that your business is $10,000 more profitable this year if you need that to get approved for something. And I love that you illustrate, you, you, you've specified the timing there because and I'm guilty of having done this in the past too, so is what it is. But like, it's starting to drive me a little bananas when I see people <laughs> sell things under the premise of, you can write it off. Like, that's the tagline. Uh -huh. It's write off. Like, uh -huh. that's the marketing scheme versus like, no, I have a valuable thing that'll change your life. And oh, I don't know please. that that's necessarily, yeah. I mean, it is a write-off. There's nothing wrong with saying that, but there's a follow-up there of like, but that may or may not be wise for you, dear buyer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so today, just, and you notice it at the end of the year, everyone's like pushing their stuff and like, it's right off. It's right off. Yeah, today actually, and I mean this in today in the sense of the day this, I know this podcast is going to be released. I have a, a episode that I'm releasing, which I actually have to record after we get done recording this, uh, titled Your Year End Action Plan. And I'm talking about that. I actually have that as a topic that I'm going to discuss is yeah. people promoting their products as an end of your tax deduction. Because for most of the clients I work with, it actually doesn't make sense. Because if you are in a business growth trajectory, it oftentimes makes more sense to spend in the new year. Do you want to break that down a little bit? Because I can give specifics. I think that's really, yeah, do. Yeah. Okay. So, so the idea is, is like we all, I think, generally understand graduated tax brackets, right? So the more money you make, the higher your tax percentages. So really simply speaking, like, and I'll give you a very clear example. So my business growth trajectory, I made... Um, $12,000 my first year because I started halfway through the year, right? My second year, I did 30. My third year, I did 70. And the next year, I did 140, right? So 70 to 140, that's a big tax jump. So if I spend a bunch of money in December to get a tax deduction, I'm paying less tax that year than I did the next year when I doubled my income, right? So I actually right. would save more money by spending in January. The exception to this is... If you haven't been paying any quarterly taxes and you know that you're going to owe a lot of money, it can be helpful to get some tax deductions because then that can yeah. reduce your penalties that you're going to owe for not paying those quarterlies. But the catch 22 to that is, and this happens every year, I talk to people who say, oh, well, I haven't paid any quarterly taxes, so I'm going to spend my $5,000 in savings on tax deductions. And it's like, okay, so that $5,000 in spending is going to save you $1,000 in taxes. But then when you get your $5,000 tax bill <laughs> in April, it's like you've saved $1,000, but now you have no money to pay the tax. And people don't yeah. think about that. That's well, what another, another way of thinking about it is like, would you have bought that 
thing anyway. Right. And so now you've spent, I don't know what the 60 cents to save 40 cents or whatever. I mean, that's not the right numbers, but it's like my, my husband always says, it's not on sale if you don't need it. Yes. Right. Like, great. It's 60% off, 50% off, but like you still wouldn't have spent anything in the first place. Yeah. Your husband so, is spot on. What, what I like to tell people is look at your tax bracket, figure out what tax bracket you're in. And that's the percentage of taxes you save whenever you buy, like buy something for a tax deduction. So if you're in the 20% bracket, a business expense is going to save you 20% tax. So if you walk into Best Buy and like new MacBooks are 20% off, are you going to say, oh, hell yeah. Like, let me buy five. No, like you might buy one if you actually need a computer, that would be the time to buy it, right? But otherwise, you're not just going to buy shit because it's on sale. And that's the same way we should look at tax deductions. Yeah. Um, where he, my husband gets lucky in the sale department is that I'm on this like annual buy a computer plan and it happens to fall around Black Friday every year that I ruin a computer. So uh -huh. <laughs> like drop it or spill water on it or something. And I think for the last three Black Fridays, I've bought a new computer and I'm like, well, the timing oh, has worked out. <laughs> okay. But I'm on like thing. an every, like, yeah, I'm on an every other year, year plan. And I thought that was a quick turnaround, but mine usually- knock on wood is usually just because my computer starts to get slow. And I'm kind of at this point in my business where I'm like, as soon as the spinning wheel starts to happen, You're not gonna deal with I don't it. have time for that. I'm running a business. A fast computer means more money because I'm getting more stuff done. I'm going to trade this 100%. shit in. This one, this, this fall, my daughter sat on my computer. It was open and she, and I had it on the ground. It's my, my bad. I had it where I thought it was safely off the ground, but she was like running uh -huh. around and she fell and sat on it. I was like, yeah. And I remember I saw your black Friday post where you talked about like why you don't spend that much money on computers anymore. And in that case, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and the ones that I have, they're <laughs> awesome. They're so like the battery, they last for 15, 17 hours. They run really fast. And I only spend 400 bucks on them. I do all my design. Anyway, we're derailing, but this whole tax conversation about write it off, write it off. There, is, there are so many pros and cons, and I think that a lot of us um, tend to dismiss some of the cons, or like, maybe not cons, but like, just don't consider the full picture. So I'm glad that you're yeah. teaching us those things. Yeah, I like to focus on, so this is kind of, to kind of wrap up this topic, I like to focus on profitability first and tax strategy second. So it's like, all right, well, what's the best for our business? And then how can we maximize our tax savings like within that existing plan, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And I had someone tell us recently, um, you know, it, the tax brackets can feel good and feel awful at the same time. And so, uh -huh. you know, as you, as you grow and you scale and you enter new tax brackets, one thing that helped my mindset was a mentor telling me, you know, you get to pay taxes. You get to pay for a school lunch for a kiddo who's got a single mom working three jobs. You get to contribute to new highways or whatever it is. And yeah, love to be the steward of how our money is spent because I, this is a topic for another day, like who, who's spending our money well? I don't know. But it did help me to think of it in that way. So maybe that helps some of you. Yeah. But I like that. Okay. I actually, I think about that a lot because I, I love to drive. I'm like that person who, when I get bored at home, like yesterday, I literally like on, for my lunch break, I drove to Barnes and Noble to like buy a new notebook just because I wanted to get out of the house. 
And when I do that, I think about, I love my car. I'm obsessed with my car. And I always like to think my tax dollars are help paying for this, paying for this road as I'm going like 50 miles an hour on a roundabout. And I'm like, that feels pretty good. No, we, I mean, there are, there are some things about where our tax dollars go that are really frustrating. And then there are some things about where our tax (laughs) dollars go that like are incredible, you know? Uh Um, And I've, I've learned more about that, even as a mom, just seeing how um, children benefit from that. I just, some things that I just hadn't known to consider. So, um, or knew, I knew, but like watching in action with my child entering this program or that program, um, like when the world shut down with COVID and then my kid like couldn't read, it's like, oh, there's a reading program. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to teach them how to do that. Especially, I know the adults who hate, like hate their tax dollars going to schools because they don't have children. I'm like, I kind of get it. I'm like, I'm kind of get it. But like, also I don't plan on having children, but at the same people, so at the same time, when I'm like 70, I don't want to be surrounded by idiots who are younger than me. So I'm more than happy to yes. help pay for their education. See, that's that's it. You're you're <laughs> investing in the future and people invested in your future. I mean, you went to school. Yeah. So yep. this is kind of how the world goes around. Okay, next topic. And we'll probably have enough to say about this one. Let's just, let's do this topic and then let's move into, let's share your profit RX and everything. So this one. Okay, cool. Credit cards. <laughs> Are credit card fees the cost of doing business? Do we absorb those? Do we pass those on? I know that there are some states, some states it's illegal, some states it's it's fine. What's your thought? Yeah, my thought is, God, it's people here. Here's my general take is I think people like to worry and stress just for the sake of worrying and stress. And this is one of the things that people like to worry and stress about. Credit card fees, they're a cost of doing business, everybody. All right. What I always tell people is if you're looking at your bookkeeping and you're like, these credit card fees are really making it so that I can't pay my other expenses, raise your damn prices. All right. That's yeah. the problem. With that aside, though, um, there are some things you can do, right? Like a lot of uh, a lot of payment processors or a lot of CRMs will allow you to take ACH payments, which is great. You can encourage your clients to do that. I have some tips on that. You probably do as well. Um, Otherwise, to answer the legal question real quick, I can tell you pretty sure, don't quote me on this, everybody, but in California, the rule is you can't charge an extra fee for credit cards, but you can give a discount for people who pay with cash check or ACH, which is kind of dumb. That really just comes to semantics and how you word it. Exactly. That's that's the rule in Texas. And before they made it legal to pass those fees on, we just did the opposite. We're like, here's your discount. Like, I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. What? And the thing is, is I know if you're using HoneyBook or something like that, um, you can apply the discount to the invoice, but then you, I don't think there's a toggle you can use to turn off the credit card payments. So you could give them the discount and they could st- still theoretically pay with their credit card. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, That's it's true. kind of, yeah. I just like to like, not even do that because at the end of the day, Especially in weddings, I think my opinion is that even if you in your mind are not serving a luxury market, it's a luxury service because, you know, at the end of the day, like most people can reasonably like do most of their own wedding stuff. If they're hiring you, it's because it's something that they want to invest in and pay for. And they don't want to be nickel and dimed at that point, is my opinion. What I recommend to people is in the email, when you send the email that says, here's your invoice, you just add a really quick line that says, 
Um, we appreciate ACH payments as it saves us on credit card processing fees. However, we are happy to accept uh, any form of payment. And if your clients yeah. really want the credit card points, they're going to pay with their credit card and they shouldn't feel awkward about it. But if they don't have a preference, that little line might help, you know, 20 to 30% of your clients pay with ACH when they might not otherwise. Yeah, I have, I don't disagree with any of that. I think I have a, a your first line of it's a cost of doing business. I agree with, but I also, I don't know. I've started falling in this like neutral camp of like, but is it for these small businesses and there's Zelle with like no fees, like it's just as fast. And if I will say, I I'm not a big fan of cash or, um, like hard cash or, um, checks because that delays the process, you know, a check, it may or may not go through and no one's sitting around for a week or two waiting for you to start the process. And you want your money too, before they go change their mind. And with cash, you still have to like meet up or something. No one's mailing that. It's like, I like cash in the sense that like, you don't have to put on your books really, but I mean, it's just, we don't, we don't tell people that Amber. That's not, (laughs) that's why I made my face, watch the YouTube under my breath. But like, I think, you know, you should put that, put it on your books and in, in the long run, not putting cash on your books can just what we were talking about writing stuff off, like it can still backfire. And so yeah. be mindful of that, but also like ACH and all those other things, like there can be business delays, like business day delays in there, like what, three, five days to get your money and people change their mind. They're ready to go. You're ready to go. You want your money. So do what gets you your money the fastest. And some processors, you know, you don't get your your um credit card payments right away but you know you're going to get that like there's no reversing that um the same way you can to others yeah ultimately like you want the process to be as frictionless as possible right like we shouldn't be taking checks from people anymore unless you work with like a baby boomer and up clientele who are not only happy to do that but that's their preference like unless that's your ideal client like you don't you want to make it as frictionless as possible and personally and this is my viewpoint, but I think a lot of people would agree with me. Um, I just don't think that like Venmo and similar platforms are professional. Um, I don't mind, like to me, I pay like my massage therapist via Venmo, my housekeeper, if I want to go get my haircut and it was like, you know, more of a mom and pop place and they wanted me to Venmo them. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense for those kind of like in-person services. But when you're going to send a contract and you're asking for a thousand, two thousand, five thousand dollars from someone, like. I think we can uh, up level the professionalism and that's why, you know, I'm a big advocate of using a CRM and sending invoices. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Um, I don't know if I, if I, if I hired a photographer and they're like, all right, my fee is three, $4,000. And they're like, all right, Venmo me the money. I would start to kind of question whether I could trust this person. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. See, I've never thought of it that way because I just, maybe just because I see so much of it where I live. I don't know. Because Austin is a creative market. Like we are a gig economy. Everything's art artist. And well, it used to be, it's turning into super tech and yeah, all that. But we, um, I just see so much of it. And now that you have the business features on those platforms to protect yourself as a consumer, I feel okay about it. I would never, before those features, I didn't like it because I didn't feel like, you know, there yeah, was I any measure of protection fine. for either. 
Yeah, I think it's fine as long as it's like set up as a business account. And when I'm yes. paying you, I can tell, like I can tell that it is. If it's just like friend to friend Venmo. No, um, that's definitely too casual. Yeah, too casual. And it's just, and my immediate assumption is like, oh, you're new. And like, that's fine. Especially if you're like, I paid, um, I hired a family photographer just to do like portraits for me and my husband. Um we never got wedding photos so I hired someone like two years later to take photos like where we got married when we yeah. went there for our anniversary and that was like $400 via Venmo I wasn't worried about it um but yeah. if I was doing something like more substantial I would want to yeah you know. no I hear you you definitely want a business to look like a business you don't want it to look too casual or too new or too like you're skirting around the rules and you know, you've, we've all seen those businesses that send the PayPal invoice and they're like, put it on friends and family. And it's like, no, <laughs> that's not, that's not how this works. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. um, but I do, I've been studying Gen Z a lot lately. Cause I've been really fascinated with, um, you know, our world has turned upside down. A lot of things have changed with our client management, but I think we're pointing the finger too much at a pandemic and, sh- and staffing shortages and things like that. When I think that there's also a generational switch that's happening in our, our transition that's starting to happen in our consumer base. And I do think Gen Z is one that is, is likes those cash apps, you know what I mean? And doesn't yeah. think much twice about it, but I, that's the thing is we have to know that about our consumers, about our ideal clients, about, um, but I like, I hadn't thought of it that way. Maybe because, like I said, where I live, but I think you're onto something. I think that is it good also to consider. Could be, yeah, there are so many way, angles we could look at this. It also could be like a B2B versus B2C thing. Because yeah. as a business hiring other business owners, I'm like, I want everything to run through my business. And I don't have Vin, yeah. I don't really have Venmo set up for my business. So if I'm hiring a brand photographer to do a shoot for my website, it's like, I need to pay with my business credit card. Like, please send me an invoice. So yeah. I, I don't know. Lots of different, yeah, lots of different probably, uh, things that play into that too. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So tell us where we can tell us about the webinar that you're, you're doing. Tell us more about profit RX and how we can learn more about these things from you and, um, get our wheels spinning and on topics we hadn't thought to think about. Sure. So, uh, this coming Tuesday, which should be the 13th, I believe I'm doing a, I call it a masterclass webinar, free training, all the same thing. Um, I'm doing two of them, one at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 12 Eastern, and another at 12 Pacific Standard Time, which is 3 Eastern. And the topic is seven legal and tax myths, busting through the BS, something, something, something. I never remember the full subtitle. But essentially, we're breaking down some um, some hot topics that I see online that I actually think are costing people more money than they need to spend. So I just think that'll be a fun topic for people to learn about. And then at the end of the webinar, um, like usual, I'll do an invite into my program. Um, And after we launch this program, the doors are going to close at least until I haven't decided if we'll open it again, like right before the end of tax season or after tax season, but it'll be the time to get into the program. And then if people show up live, we'll have a special live bonus that you can uh, only get if you come to the webinar uh, and join the program. And stay throughout the webinar. Yeah, exactly. You got to stay. Don't just show up and ditch out in five minutes. I am very Um, proud of, we have really good show up rates uh, and uh, I don't know what you call it, but we track the number of people who come to the beginning of the webinar and are still there at the end and our our metrics are really good. So 
Yeah, well, that's because, and if you're listening and you've not been to one of Braden's master classes, Braden like teaches, you know, a lot of people will do those and it's just pr- promotion, promotion, promotion. Braden's a giver in those, like very educational, very informative. And is a fun, you're, you're a fun teacher, like you're engaging and you answer questions and there's just really nothing off the table, you know? And I think people appreciate that about you. So if you are newer to Brayden, definitely sign up for this masterclass and get an idea for his education style and, um, just giving nature, you know, like you definitely price for profit and take care of yourself and all of that, but you see, you, you do see a value in, you know, give a little, get a little. Yes. Yes, exactly. And we're going to have, you're going to share your affiliate link for that, right? So it'll be like in the show notes. Yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me. And I guess as far as my first time on YouTube, I will hit stop on recording, but you stay online for a second. Cool. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'll okay, see everyone have- in the training. And if you all have questions about it, just send me um, send me a DM or something. Perfect. Yeah, I will let, what's your, where would you like people to find you? So um, find me on Instagram at Braden Adam Drake, B-R-A-D-E-N, Adam, like the biblical figure, Drake, like the rapper. That's my full Instagram. Um, and quick highlight, because we didn't mention this, my co- my my uh, program covers bookkeeping, LLC formation, escort formation, contracts, insurance, all the things. Mm-hmm. And also for the first time ever, we are rolling out full service uh, tax services. So membership members will be able to hire our firm to do their tax returns this coming tax season too. So I think that's going to be- I'm excited for you. I'm excited you're adding all of that. And thank you for the reminder of that, not being a guest show. I don't have that in my SFP here, so good. <laughs> no worries. Good. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye, everyone. We'll catch you next week.